Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the weekly Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson, and he, Ben Hobson. Each Tuesday, we'll be bringing you the latest news and views alongside an in-depth interview with an inspiring runner. Coming up, we have the marvellous Mimi Anderson, who will be discussing ultramarathons and why women often beat men in the longest of races. Mimi is a multiple race winner and world record holder, so it's a true honour to have her on the podcast. Yeah, no, it is, absolutely. Um... Ben, what have you been up to this week? Well, I'm, I'm technically meant to be having knee surgery today, yeah. but I'm not. Oh, so I've decided. That, yeah, I've decided that um, uh, I'm going down the route of functional strength and conditioning to, to see how it holds up before people stick things into my knee. This is weights, is it? Or? Kind of more just like strengthening it up, like key muscle groups, making okay. sure that all the range, because it doesn't hurt. Mm. This is my dilemma. All doctors listening... Please tell me if I'm wrong. My, it doesn't hurt. There's obviously some damage that's happened, and maybe the meniscus has got a tear, but that's kind of healed over time. There's quite a lot of clicking. There's a bit of instability sometimes, but when I run, nothing. Right. When I'm walking, nothing. Range of motion's pretty good. So I'm I'm just before someone operates on me, which could end up being like 12 weeks of like yeah. lying around. I'm gonna do my best to fix it. Well, maybe I'll rub some, you know homeopathic remedies on absolutely right yeah, yeah. well um by the time this episode goes out yes i will have taken part in the escape from great yeah which i which i've ditched you yeah you you were going to do it but you, the knees the no. knees sort of taking you out of contention it has yeah um so for those unfamiliar with the format it's a race that starts in the center of great britain which as any fool know is a small parish town of holt whistle in northumberland yeah, um yeah. without giving away my escape plan uh i'll be heading southwards largely on the pennine way um Looks like it's going to rain every day, so um, so so much. I feel like you to. have just given away your whole plan. <laughs> yeah, I, should, I shouldn't go on hunting or anything, should I? <laughs> or is he heading south? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, actually, there are, there, there are different prizes. One of the prizes is uh, it's called a Highlander, and it's yep. a team who go the furthest north. Right. Well, when, when we looked so at who this, knows what I'm doing. I think we, when we were planning it initially, we kind of thought Lake District. Yes, which would be nice actually. Yeah. And there's also a prize for the most elevation gain. Right. Which you might actually get on the Pennine Way or, or go into the lake. Yeah, it's true. So, hey, well, good luck to you. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Looking forward to it, kind of. So, yeah, you are. That's, that's a fun one. Yeah, no, it could be good. It could you can be have good. beer. Well, we'll no, see. you should. Yeah. All right. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Our guest this week is an ultra-running legend who holds multiple world records. In 2007, she won the Arctic 6633 race, setting a course record that is yet to be broken. We thought we'd catch up with her to speak about why, when it comes to ultra-running, women can often outperform their male counterparts. 
Mimi Anderson, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Mimi, then, what was your own route into ultra running, and what did you find appealing about these long races? Um, well, I think uh, hi. I think my sort of my route into ultra running actually was total vanity. <laughs> I wanted uh, I wanted thinner legs. <laughs> and uh, yeah, some people want long hair or they want this. I just wanted thinner legs, and so somebody suggested that running was a quite a good way to do it, and they <laughs> lied. <laughs> you get muscly legs, don't you? So, That's true. Um, but I, I discovered ultra running because you know when I started running, it was what 1999. So you, it wasn't normal to actually see people running around the roads. Mm. You know now you see people all the time, and again, not everybody had a laptop or a computer. So I actually, to be quite honest, when I started on my journey, this is going to sound awful, isn't it? But I hadn't even heard of half marathons and marathons. Right. So I was that naive. So when I did start running, I, I went in and did sort of a few half marathons, which I loved. But when somebody suggested that perhaps we try the Marathon des Sables, which, again, I'd never heard of, but I loved. She produced this magazine, and I just remember looking at all the mm-hmm. photographs of these blistered feet and people running around across the desert and I just thought that just looks so exciting (laughs) Um, and that that's how I started it was um, it it was just an adventure for me it wasn't I didn't think about the distance or the race it was literally an adventure because it was so far away from my normal life as a mum with three children yeah that's phenomenal. I think that the fact that you that the gauge of distance was never really a a, a a question. People sort of fret over running certain mileage these days, whereas you just thought you'd get out there and have a run. I know it's probably very naive, <laughs> but I don't know. I just think sometimes you know life is is about having adventures, isn't it? It's uh, um, and that that to me was just a massive adventure. No, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you've you've won races outright, and um, I think more of the conversation tends to focus these days on on, on women's performance in ultra races. Um, why why do you think women um, like yourself and recently Jasmine Paris can triumph for ultra distance races? Well, I think I mean ultimately, and I'm not including myself in this, but I think ultimately people like Jasmine Paris and and various other people they're actually they're they're good athletes. It doesn't mm. matter whether they're mm. male or female, but they are ultimately good athletes. And I think women do have some advantages to a certain extent in that, you know, we are slightly better organized. You know, men have got, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think with women, you know, we tend to, if we're going, going into these races or longer events, we're better prepared in terms of our kit and how we, you know, pack our bags mm. and, and that we think about things in probably a, a slightly more um, logistical sort of way whereas the men and this is being really sort of you know out there but you know the men will sort of testosterone takes over <laughs> they go into these events you know they look at the distance saying yeah no we can do that and but they don't then sort of do the planning in quite the same way as as we do no, I, I think, think there's 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 you know real evidence out there to suggest that women are far better at pacing themselves over the marathon distance and i think that could probably be applied to ultras as well well, I think so. I mean, I think, again, you know, we go into an event and so, you know, we would have trained hard. I'm not saying the men haven't trained hard because they obviously do as well. But again, I think we go out at a much steadier pace and, you know, we, we sort of, I think we can manage ourselves quite well. Mm, so yeah. we go out much sort of slightly slower and then we can sort of keep the pace up, whereas men would tend to, and again, this is a massive generalisation, <laughs> but uh, tend to go out faster and and then get 
slow down completely, you know, so they get much, much slower. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I think, again, it's all about, it, it is about the pacing. I mean, I know when I do something like that, when I did the Arctic race, as an example, mm. uh, which was 352 miles, I'd never done a cold race before, so I did a huge amount of research um, into what people do when they're cold racing. And I also had a plan. Mm. And so I knew what I was going to do when I got to checkpoints. I knew vaguely how long it was going to take me to get from checkpoint to checkpoint. You know, things are, are plans are adaptable, but you've got to have something in the first place. You can't just go out and run 150 miles or 200 miles. You can't wing it. You have to, well, I think, have some sort of a, a plan or a strategy. Do you also think that women might be mentally better prepared for the, the rigours of, of an ultramarathon? Well, I think we're just made slightly differently, aren't we? You mm. know, um, you know, people say that it's down to childbirth. I, I actually don't think that's that's a load of rubbish. There are loads mm. of women out there who haven't had children, and they're equally as good at uh, running. I just think again, it goes down to the planning and the logistics and our pacing and just being sort of very well prepared. I mean, again, we're now we're making this into a huge gender battle, which is not necessarily what we want no. to do. But, but when you're racing, is there any way? Uh, as a motivator to beat the men is that sort of like something that you see or do you just see the field just generally as you know people to beat i think well initially when i um, go out and do an event like that it's it's against myself so i want to see how how well i can do against myself and then actually you know you do look at who else is is racing i mean i know when i did the arctic and you know it was a very very small field and other races and things but it was I remember saying to my husband, you know, actually, I'd quite like to w- win this race. Mm. And uh, <laughs> he did say to me at the time, he said, well, how the hell are you going to do that, Mimi? You've got no idea how you're going to cope in the cold or what you've done. But I knew that if I did things right, that I had a chance of doing it. Yet mm. most other people in that event were much more experienced than I was. So I don't know. I mean, I just I do. I do look at the women in the race yeah. um, and to see, you know, how, how I can, you know, do I have a chance of actually sort of beating them? It is ultimately about myself. But if I um, go out and I've overtaken sort of the various women that I want to take, then actually I don't actually ever think about um, beating the men. Mm. But I just keep on going forward. And actually, every time I pass somebody, you know, it's that feeling, isn't it? When, you know, you're actually having perhaps a bit of a bad time and you pass something and you think, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's another person down, you know. So it then does become quite competitive. Well, for me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because a lot of these big ultra races, so the UTMB and, and the MDS, they're still they're still very male as far as kind of what, you know, the percentages of people taking part. I don't, I don't know what the MDS is, but I, I sense it's probably about 80% men as a field. Would you, would you like to see more women taking on these kind of big multi-day challenges? And what do you think are some of the obstacles currently uh, facing people well I think again you know it has improved you know if you look over that I mean again I'm, I don't know the stats and things but I know a lot of the races at 50 miles have the stats for sort of women entering has increased mm. hugely over over the last few years I think again it's very difficult with um, sort of the 100 milers all the staged races a, it's quite expensive it's time away from work and family and I know that applies to men as well but like anything you've got to want to do these races I met a couple of lovely um, young girls the other day who had very young children and they came up to me and said you know Mimi was really struggling they're doing a 24-hour event you know to get the training in around the family they both worked 
Um, so I actually suggested that rather than thinking about the mileage, if I said, if you only have a window of three hours or two hours, whatever it might be, go and run for that time so mm. that you're not putting pressure on yourself. So it's, it's finding a way of being able to do your work, cope with your family situation and getting the training out without getting making yourself pressurized. How's your running going, Mimi? What's been, what's been happening recently? What plans have you got? Oh, I'm useless at running now. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It's so sad. After America, um, actually, it was, uh, yeah, it was quite tough, actually, after America, because obviously I've got, uh, I had to stop because of my cartilage in my knee. My bones are rubbing together, which was uh, causing a huge amount of pain and various other bits and pieces. So I was forced to stop my world record attempt which is really frustrating. You know, my body only had to hold out for another 13 days, yeah. um, but it just couldn't manage that. So, uh, but because I made that choice to stop, that decision to stop, even though it was difficult, I can still do a bit of running. So, I mean, and I only mean a bit of running, otherwise my knee plays up. So I am cycling now, although I call myself a bicyclist. Um, <laughs> And I'm doing my first triathlon, sprint triathlon, on um, on Sunday, actually, and oh. absolutely nervous as hell. <laughs> Pathetic, isn't it? No, no, which bit do you, are you can, can you swim? Are you a natural swimmer? No, absolutely useless. I, um, I have this fear of water. So a year ago, um, in January last year, I, I started having swimming lessons right. um, because I couldn't even put my head in the water. Right. So the fact that I'm actually now doing a swim... It's sort of, I, I know that I'm just, that's going to be my worst bit. I'm going to really struggle with it. So. Well, I think it's great that you you know literally taking the dive. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm all great. for people riding their bikes more as well. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, we, yeah, for sure. Well, I think again you've got to get more women into that. But I think you know, I think to get more women into you know the sport, whether it's of you know the ultra running, but you know really you've got to start at the grassroots and get uh, you know get, get the youngsters more mm. interested and yeah. you know the great thing is as well now you've got uh, the park runs you've got families getting involved and if kids see their parents running actually then it becomes part of what they want to do or they will do when they grow up so hopefully that will then continue no definitely absolutely Mimi thanks so much for uh, for taking the time to speak with us on the Runners World podcast oh, it's a pleasure and it's best pleasure. of luck with the uh, the triathlon on the weekend I know keep your fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks again. Thanks so much for your cheers. Right, okay. Thank you. Thanks, Great, bye. Bye. This is the Runner's World podcast. Our local news hound is in the in the studio with us. Kerry McCarthy, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, a little heads up, first of all, into what's coming up in uh, the next issue of the magazine, um, or the one that we're working on currently, which is the August one, out at the start of July. We have a big debate piece going in there. Um, the subject of which, which is, should medals be abolished? Ooh. So yeah. we put our feelers out to the community uh, last week, and none of you will be remotely surprised to hear that um, we had a massive response, um, several thousand responses. And I reckon it probably came out um, about three to one in favour of, of keeping medals. Right. People, um, want, people want that hardware. People want that hardware, and... Um, None of the reasons for and against will necessarily surprise you, but that you know that it's 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 worth affirming. I think the reason why everyone wants them is because they weren't um, athletes at school. Maybe they were 
picked last in those horrible games of football in the playground where you line up and this is their chance to feel as though they're doing something and they want a reward for that they want a hunk of metal to hang on the wall or keep in a shoebox that says this person has done this thing yeah in in a way that perhaps a t-shirt or or another type of memento don't um and i think those against um of which there were i was surprised by how many there were actually who were who were willing to give them up and those who said actually i turned them down at the at the finish line oh wow so we won't actually accept one yeah, um, mostly for environmental reasons, I would say, which I don't think any of us, you know, can argue with. Yeah. I, perhaps there, were, in the future, there would be a happy ground of everyone getting medals, but there would be environmentally friendly. You know, um, I was going to say wood, but then that involves chopping down more trees, doesn't it? So, yeah. Um, uh, but also the feeling amongst runners, and this, to be fair, this did tend to be the slightly more talented runners, those who felt that that medals should be kept for the top three and age group winners, mm. and that it's it's becoming a little bit devalued by people turning up perhaps in some cases walking a race in the more extreme examples and then picking up a medal at the end um but i think you know there's to me there's i i, I think it's an interesting debate because not necessarily a right or a wrong answer with this it's just your view is your view well yeah. I, I mean i don't know about you guys but mine just are in a box i mean i actually i'm not quite sure where they are because we've moved house so i mean i get them but at the same time there's not they don't hold any great like position for me yeah i've actually i've got a medal rack there he so is i'm going to give this opposite opinion I, I, I certainly when i started off getting a medal was this kind of physical proof of like doing a race and it wasn't like i wouldn't pick a race based on it ha- had a fantastic medal but I, I really wanted um that medal at the end and i think i probably am less bothered now because i've got quite a lot and, and the rack is like it's also my wife's medals have gone on the rack, and it's oh, quite, there it is. It's quite a big bit of like. <laughs> it's not your rack anymore. Yeah. So it's just, but I, yeah, I'm actually surprised that like that a quarter of people aren't aren't bothered about a medal. Actually, I think it's an I think it's a nice bit of physical proof that you've done it. Hmm? Yeah, fair enough. There you go. Two different opinions. Yeah, good. That sure. was the debate in microcosm. Yeah. Thank you very much, chat. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um... Just a quick one. It's a story that actually happened a few weeks ago uh, in America, and I spotted it on the Runners World US website. Um, and I'm only mentioning it because I found it quite touching, and we are a nation of dog lovers. It was a story about how a woman in Alaska went out running uh, with her dog, which was a shepherd husky mix, I think, um, and encountered a bear along the trail. Wow. Um, at a time of year when bears were not expected, and her dog took on the bear and fought it and and moved the bear off the trail into the woods so it was like come on come over here and fight me out of the way of my owner um and was severely injured uh, and later died unfortunately the woman hid around the corner called her husband and her husband turned up with a couple of mates and some guns and scared the bear off into the woods um but her heroic dog yeah, basically yeah. saved her life. Just more yeah. evidence that dogs are better than cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, sorry cat lovers yeah um that's a phenomenal but you story. know dogs are amazing runner has life saved by dog yeah that's you know, ama- that's great, amazing great yeah. story that is um and finally bit of feel good fun it was the westminster mile um a couple of weeks ago and uh steph twell uh one of our finest um track and endurance runners broke the world record for a mile holding hands with her partner Joe Morwood um, and they ran it in 4.50 wow. so yeah. for those of us lumbering along under our own steam and using our arms yeah. to propel us they, they just kind of cruised out holding hands it's that's amazing. amazing yeah 4.50 that's, yeah pretty good running couple there right 4.50 
Just casual while holding hands. Sickening. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Well, Kerry, thanks very much uh, for coming welcome. on and, uh, thanks, and telling us more about what's going on in the world of running. And we'll see you again next week. This is the Runner's World Podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runner's World Podcast. I'd like to say a massive thanks to our guest, Mimi Anderson, and to Number 8 Studios in Soho, where this was recorded. For more news, interviews, reviews, and everything else you possibly need to know about running, head over to runnersworld.com slash UK. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like and subscribe on iTunes, and thank you to Acast, our hosting partner. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.